We are straight talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. I'm Joe Jamie Tyler. And I'm Lana Helda. Come along for the ride as we travel and connect with accomplished women and thought provoking subjects that will motivate and spark you to dream, laugh, and get the most out of your daily life. Hello, Lana. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to a sound bath, and it was really transformational. Well, I have heard the term sound bath a few times in this past year, but honestly, I really don't know what it is. And my vision of a sound bath is when someone said it to me the first time was I'm going to get in some kind of a hyperbolic chamber with salt water and float around with earbuds in my ear. And that's not what it is. No, you're not going to. That's not what it is. But guess what? Our guest today is going to tell you all about it. And we have Gita Novotny. And we are thrilled to give you the biggest treat ever. Hello, Lana and Joe Jamie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm honored. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm happy to explain to you what a sound bath is. And um, basically, you are being bathed in sound waves. And um, what happens, I use, well, I use quartz crystal bowls and quartz crystal happens to be an amazing electrical conduit. So it's in watches and cell phones and such. And so um, just by applying a pressure around these bowls with my suede striker, I'm able to convert electrical energy to vibrational energy and back and forth, and thus give a very beautiful analog source experience of sound, which with all these bowls I have today, I basically am harnessing the power of my voice and sound um, I'm harnessing the resonant qualities of the sound wave, which creates a whole kind of experience that kind of gets rained down on you. So it's sometimes hard to describe in words. It's better to experience it, but it's very, um, um, it's very scientific and has a lot of physics behind it. So, well, and I have to say, if I can give everyone a little visual, we're sitting here in her lovely studio, and Gita has what. Eight, ten bowls around you? Um, Something like, yeah. Yeah, yeah like about 11. 11 beautiful <laughs> white bowls. They're absolutely gorgeous. And Gina also has a twist that she offers with her sound baths. Because, Gita, tell us about where you, your background is. Um, I will. And first of all, I want to say I actually have a total of 15 bowls, and, and I have all 12 tones of the musical scale, which cover every energy center um, or chakra. But I was telling the ladies the story before that I had lost three bowls yesterday that they were shattered after a performance I did for an, a private event. So today we don't have all of them, but they're, the, all, all, the, all the energy centers are covered with my set. Um, but yes, Lana, I do add um, a, vo a vocal quality where I marry my, the harmonic structures of my voice into the harmonic waves of the sound bowls to create an even more kind of um, harmonious experience, which then kind of, to me, the voice brings in humanity. It brings kind of like a big hug into the experience of the sound bowls because they're, they're very, it's, these are minerals, it's quartz crystal, but then the voice kind of reminds my, my clients that this is, we are all having a human experience, an empathetic experience, and we kind of need, each other to 
to survive in this world, in a sense. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what your... Yeah, she's being a little humble right, right. now. <laughs> We'd like for you to tell our listeners your background with your voice. Oh, okay. Um, I was an opera singer by trade for about 25 years, and I was fortunate enough to reach the pinnacles of the opera world. I got to perform at Carnegie Hall, the Metropolitan Opera, Los Angeles Opera. I also sang concert work with big orchestras and did oratorio and and operas and Carmen, the opera Carmen was my signature role. Um, so I did, that was just my primary trade for much of my life. I had my first professional job when I, when, when I was 18, but I've been singing my whole life since I was a child. And the way that I learned to be a musician actually kind of was a foreshadowing to bringing my music into the healing arts. Yeah, so you're you're also known as a wellness practitioner. Yeah. So do you do it like do you is it therapy to where you're helping people do they come to this studio because they need this therapy? Well, it's very fascinating. It kind of happened the other way around because I when I was making the transition from being an opera singer, classical singer and then I'm thinking well, it actually happened after I had my daughter. She kind of, I think having a child um, helped me just deepen my whole perspective on life. And I thought, okay, I've been singing from this healing place for so long. I've been in entertainment and in music, but there is a much greater depth to sound and and frequencies and overtones and harmonics than what I know. And I just went on this journey. I thought I have to know anything and everything I can about sound in general. And it led me down all these really cool circuitous paths to find and study and learn about um, overtones and sound waves and how they can be used in the healing process. So I have to say that I haven't been driving this train for the last, you know, seven years. I feel like when I found this, this is what I consider my purpose. I consider opera singing my passion. When I found my purpose, I just feel like the universe has just allowed this, through synchronicity, the people to come to me that I needed to, to help teach me, to help me brand my business, to help me do my website, to help me figure all this out. And then what happened is the clients just started coming. Um, I was fortunate enough to have LA Times do a story on my business, um, I think about three or four years ago. And then I wasn't ready to take the reins off. I was like, okay, I still need to do some more studying. And I had clients, but I wasn't really ad advertising. And I still haven't advertised actually. But the LA Times just was, I think it was my push going, okay, now you need to get this out in the world. And from that point, it just seemed like it started to grow and grow and grow and grow. And what it has, I feel again, my clients helped me through that flux that we talked about earlier. And that flow helped me kind of figure out that this is a business on healing, somatic healing, healing. And most of my clients are struggling with severe PTSD and with physical and mental traumas, that kind of thing. So it just kind of, I feel like it kind of created itself in a sense through my guidance and then what, what the synchronicity yeah, is. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. You went down a path. Yes. You took a journey. No, you went down a path yes. and you didn't necessarily know exactly where it was going. Yes. But when you do find that passion or something that, that, is, that is really good and, and the universe opens up for you, it, it seems to always do that. So I'm curious when that pivot happened for you, when that calling came for you, was it a book you read? Was it somewhere you were? That's what a great question, dear Jamie, because this, this, it was, again, it was just all this amazing things. I'm so fortunate to, to have these experiences, but I was, I, I ended up through a lot of 
interesting events, being able to collaborate with a man named Andy Summers. He was the guitarist of the band The Police. And we just happened to then get asked to donate a track to the David Lynch Foundation, which taught... Um, which promotes and teaches transcendental meditation. Let's talk about David Lynch. It was so funny when I was researching you. Um, I was I just read. I did not know you were working with the David Lynch Foundation, and I happened to have just read his biography. Wow! Which is a great biography, by the way. Yeah. If anybody's interested, it's something about how to cr- dream big or something like that. How to dream? We'll we'll put it in the show notes at the end of the show. But um, tell us more about that. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, I, th- I mean, I just like to take every opportunity, so I thought, okay, and and Andy was game to do it, which I thought, okay, this is really interesting, so we did a track of Ave Maria, the Gounod Bach Ave Maria with electric guitar and voice, and we filmed it in his studio, and then d- at the time, the David Lynch Foundation was doing a philanthropic record label, so they did a whole compilation with, like, Maroon 5 and, like, and like neon trees and all these very well-known people that were not me. I was the one who was not well-known on it. And, um, and then by just means of donating that track, they said, we'd love to gift you with Transcendental Meditation. I was like, sure. So I got to take the course and they gifted me with the meditation. And by the second or third day that I meditated, I felt a literal shift of my soul into Thank a whole different telling. realm. Thank you for telling us that. That is really... Yeah, that's that's I'm sh- I mean that's awesome. I haven't had that experience with the meditation yet, but working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised it happened that quickly. And then there were some personal life things going on too, and I just had the answers that I needed. You know, I had to go through a really you know painful and deep um, kind of journey through it all. You know, extract like kind of decluttering you know the things in my life that weren't working for me anymore, and then it just kind of. As I kept doing that, the momentum just kept picking up, you know. What is the David Lynch Foundation? Uh, the David Lynch Foundation, they promote um, transcendental meditation. They teach transcendental meditation to anybody who want, would like to learn, but they also gift it to schools, um, and they work with war veterans and, and in prisons and homeless shelters, so they, they try to take it into every facet of the population. Um, a lot of their work that has become renowned has been within schools, underprivileged schools, and the, the children, and I've gone to their schools and visited and talked to some of these kids, and they just find that their life is so much more, they're able to handle a lot of the chaos around their life a lot more, which they can't control. So that's that's the primary the primary source of it is is all promoting the learning of and practicing of transcendental meditation. And then also you mentioned or Jamie to me that Gita uh, works with the Deepak Chopra. Oh yeah, well that was interesting. Last <laughs> last year I had the opportunity to um, write the opening and title track to a, a project called Home that Deepak Chopra did. Um, and the producer on on that album, it was an album and a book, and it was poetry all based on um, American immigrants. And so I knew the producer. I had worked with the producer before on another album, but he also chose me because um, my father is an American immigrant, and I understand the immigrant's journey and the triumphs and the trials of that. So uh, that was a whole process. I got to do panels with Deepak Chopra, and they released the book and the album, and it, it was great. It had great success, and it was very effective. And I just saw him speak. How is he? He seems like a great guy. I mean, he's he's amazing. I mean, he just possesses 
outer worldly knowledge, which wouldn't would would the average person really doesn't possess. And he's able. It's almost like as if he channels all of this outer worldly knowledge about consciousness and love and light and that kind of thing. And so, and he's like that just personally too. And even in the panels, he's just very much. He's very. Um, He's just, that's who he is. So I got to do a book signing with him and that kind of thing. And it was, and um, it was lovely working with him. I mean, he's, 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 he's amazing. He's an icon. He's a legend. Right. So I'm just curious, did you grow up here in Los Angeles? No, <laughs> I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, a town called Brookville, two hours away from any major city, two hours north of Pittsburgh. And um, I had a very dichotomous lifestyle. I mean, I mean, uh, growing up, excuse me, growing up, I, I basically was the middle of three children. My father was an American immigrant from India. My mother was an was just this exuberant Irish woman. So he was very industrious and serious, and she was just about love and heart and dancing and everything. They were polar opposites, and um, they we grew up in a very small town, very conservative small town, and we were the only kind of bicultural, biracial, inter whatever intercultural couple. That, I mean, family. And um, so it was. It added to a very colorful upbringing, but it helped us really understand acceptance and, and empathy. Um, as our family wasn't looked at so much as we were a little outside the box, but we had a wonderful upbringing. That town was all very open. That was at a time too when everybody could have their own belief system, and maybe not agree, but can respect. It just seemed like we grew up in a beautiful time when there was a lot of love, even though we might have been thinking we might have been a more liberal family and, and there might, might have been more conservative families, but we had wonderful small town childhood, you know, there. And there was nothing to do, really. So I just learned music and that was my thing. It was sports and music and I just mastered as much stuff as I could. I mean, the biggest thing that turns me on in life is learning and just growing and trying to evolve. So Oh, that is so important to have that message out there and we're really encouraging women to t continue to do that don't ever stop it never stops you never yeah. learn it all um and i was just wondering while you were uh, growing up were you always singing did they see that early on as a talent of yours or did your brothers or sisters sing well that's a that's a really cool question too because um yes my brother I have a younger brother and then an older sister who's 15 months older. My older sister Dana and I actually had a whole career together as opera singers. But when we were younger, it was a very different story. I was, and this goes into my journey, my own healing journey. I basically had to go through a deep healing journey of my own to, to be able to even, you know, call myself any kind of healer, which is part of, I think, when people are in the healing arts, they need to go through some massive shift. And when I was growing up, I was... I, I was very shy. I was almost nonverbal. I couldn't emote and couldn't communicate very well. And my mom, she saw that very early on and put me just into anything and everything musical. Piano first at four, violin at seven. And I could express myself through music. So my whole core and seed of my craft has always been singing and, and expressing music from a healing place and telling the story of humanity. So I, that helped me kind of find my voice, so to speak, but it wasn't until I was about 16 where I finally, I said to my mom, can I please have voice lessons for my 16th birthday? And she said in a very loving way, I think you're better suited for the sciences. I was obsessed with being a doctor. I wanted to be a trauma surgeon than a plastic surgeon. And you know, my father was a physician. So and my mother was a nurse, so I come from a long line of healers in the Western medicine. So I 
but but I thought, but I felt this call to sing and nobody knew I was a singer. I was like this hidden talent. Then all of a sudden when I started studying with this with a teacher actually at Carnegie Mellon University, I went and auditioned for her when I was 16. Then I ended up going to Carnegie Mellon for my, my bachelor's, but she just kind of opened up these doors. And I didn't even know anything about opera. I thought, what is this art form? Like my dad loved to listen to, you know, the Time Life record, records, you know, and um, of all the classical composers. And I just was like, but I was in a musical theater and pop. And at the time when I grew up, it was like Madonna and Mariah Carey. And, but then I just had this massive voice and I studied with an opera singer. So she just led me down that path. But I also was a chronic asthmatic. And that's a huge part of this healing story about how I kind of, I always had compromised lungs and I still do, but somehow the, the throat center is the energy center of will, self-expression and communication. So through just sheer will and then understanding a lot of medical things and understanding what my, my nothing was gonna get in the way of that purpose, I learned to breathe and I learned to overcome um, my asthma. I was still on medication and about five years ago I cured my asthma entirely. So I always say singing saved my life and my methodology now that I impart to my clients is all very deep rooted in the core and breathing which is kind of a very self-sufficient technique because I could never rely on my lungs for singing. <laughs> it always had to be through my strength of will and my abdominal core and my breathing. What a great story. That, that's really incredible Thanks. that someone could be an opera singer who has a problem with their lungs yeah who would think yeah it's all about and, the breathing and what's interesting about that yeah and it and it and that's why the method that i impart to my voice clients because my business also goes into doing i basically do a voice lesson stemming from a multi-dimensional facets rooted in intuition which singing is our birthright and then tech the technical aspect of singing. But it's been recent that a lot of clients are coming just for sheer somatic healing through singing. So a lot of my clients are not necessarily singers. I have many clients who are, you know, well-known and out there touring the world and, you know, things like that. But I also have many clients who are, who are coming just to find their voice, helping with healing their traumas, also helping with just um, learning how to find their voice in the world. So with that said, um, that is kind of, that was all of that. What I do now was all of this journey through the asthma. And with my sister, she sang from a place, we talked about my, I talked about my sister earlier, but we, she sang from a place of, she loved the accolades and she, it gave her self-confidence and she, and she was such an extrovert. And, and the way that I seated my singing and the way she seated her singing one's not better than the other it was just two different ways so she was the exuberant one and the one who was always singing for anybody and everybody she was singing around the house i only sang when i had a platform and a safe space and a place that was of service so we both went to carnegie mellon and we both had interesting very interesting careers you know ebbs and flows through a career together and we went to the same but, bachelor's. I'm sorry, and, when you were saying you had a career together, yeah. I'm so curious, did you uh, perform together or what was that? Yeah, so even, even I think probably out of practicality for my mother, she put us in a lot of the same things, but we, I think we both had raw talent for music. So we just happened to both, we happened to take the same paths a lot. And then when we got to Carnegie Mellon, she was studying, um, doing her bachelor's in voice like I was. And then she was also doing a music education degree when I went on to do all, like a business degree. So we can't, but we were together and that, so we performed a little bit together at, when we were at Carnegie Mellon and then we both decided, okay, we need to go our separate ways. So I did my master's at University of North Texas and she went to Juilliard actually. So then she, we, and then from that point on, we just, I think it was, we just always performed together. Any opportunity we could, we got hired together and then we got a chance to do a performance of um, 
Mendelssohn's A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Aspen Music Festival. And from that, and we were, I was the alto soloist, she was the soprano soloist, and then we did it with several, that's the, when we debuted together at Carnegie Hall, we did, that was the piece we debuted. And, oh, oh, that, that chills. <laughs> I would so love to hear that. Well, what's interesting is even sitting here amongst these bowls as we, as you talk, you can hear it sort of sort of grabs the you'll hear a little echo of the of the sound in these bowls it's really I'm wondering if we're going to hear that on the recording maybe y'all can hear maybe maybe you can hear it too but we are we really want to hear Gita on the sound they're so-called sound bowls right yeah I mean they're called quartz Quartz crystal singing bowls, quartz crystal sound bowls. bowls. There's all sorts. Yeah, there's kind of a couple names. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to hear the bowls, and then the thing that's so special about Gita is if you um, you want to go to a sound bath, you're probably just going to hear bowls and maybe some gongs, but Gita actually sings during the sound bath. So we want to hear the bowls, and then we're going to have her sing as well. Okay. So this is going to be a treat. Stay tuned for this.
Okay, I feel like I have to say namaste. Doesn't it feel like that? Oh, that was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And the vibration, I mean, I really, you really feel the vibration and it is very calming to be here. You know, um, I wanted to share a quick story that it was my son who actually took me to, to meet Gita and go to the sound bath. And on the way there, he was saying to me, you know, I've, I've actually got this little problem with my ear. And he's a drummer. And it's very important that his ears you know, feel correctly. After the sound bath, he says, Mom, my ear's fixed. It feels great. Well, and on that note, I think now that we've all heard the beauty of this, I think this is a great time for Gita, if you don't mind, to now explain to us about the actual science of all this. Yes, I would be happy to. Yes, and I, I remember so much that Kim's story because that is how quick sound can heal. I've had clients who have had issues for decades after one sound bath. They're, they're completely healed of that issue. It's not just physical healing. There is so much emotional and mental healing that goes on. And then also, and all the healing that happens in our physical body, there's also a lot that happens in the etheric realm. <laughs> and that is opening up intuition, connect, connecting to the matrix of the universe, that kind of thing. So it's primarily physics, really. The science behind it is that we are, as human beings, we're energy. We're, we're light. We are, we, so light and sound are synonymous as far as the, the way that they transfer within the universal energies. Um, and so we essentially are emotions. We are, emotions are vibrational energy. So without the flesh and the bone, we would just be walking energy, which is sometimes considered the soul, but it's also our energy of our life and the things that, of how we move through the world. So essentially what our bodies love is, and what is nutritive to the cells of our bodies is this pure analog sound that comes from the bowls. Now, my sound bath is a transcendence through this, what I call the art and science of sound, and also transcendence through art and entertainment too. So it's kind of a dual thing. But the way that it works is sound emits obviously a sound wave that actually looks like a wave. And, or, and it goes, it can move through water. So our bodies are about 60 to 70% water. So it organizes water into beautiful patternings and just it creates kind of symmetry within the body as far as that energy. And then we go deeper into the cellular level. So the, the, the sound is able to move down into the cellular level. And what happens in our bodies when we have emotional trauma, physical trauma, we're bombarded with pathogens and toxins and things, the vibrations of our cells can get off. So it's almost like we, you hear these bowls and you hear this kind of perfect vibration. Well, we want our bodies to be vibrating at that level at all times. But if we have a negative emotion or something that upsets us, we're, our, it's almost like our vibrations become asymmetrical or just off. So the sound is able to go down into the cells and just reset, those, reset the pulsations of the cells to metabolize correctly and to start the me metabolic process to where we can heal, to where we can start seeing what's outside of ourselves and positive energy and things like that. So, it, and when we have trauma, the a lot of trauma, there's a way that we absorb and, and understand trauma cognitively through our brains, but it also sets into our bodies and can set in the muscles and into the cells. So whenever the sound goes through, it can just release the trauma very quickly out of, this, out of the body. I mean, didn't you feel it going through your whole body? Yeah. It's quite... Quite an experience. It really is. It, it's, it is. I feel like this is such a treat to be here. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so much for that. 
What have you seen? I'm just curious, and mm-hmm. I'm sure people would wonder, what's maybe the, the most transformative thing you've seen happen? Wow. I mean, there's so many things. Like, for instance, some of my clients who come to me for a voice, when you come to, when you come and we do the voice method, you're becoming your own instrument of self-healing because then you can impart your vibrations through your own body. So oh. when my clients come, we sometimes do voice lesson and then we'll do sound. And I've seen... As I say, I'm just a guide, so this is them. Empo- I'm just empowering them to know that is within themselves, which is essentially the intuition. So they, I have had clients, you know, be in bad relationships and not be able to find the love of their life, and then they somehow find the love of their life. I have had clients that who had years and years of physical anomalies. Um, one woman, um, she was not able to have her period for decades and decades, and had gone to many, many specialists. And after she came to one of my group sound baths, she called me up. She's like, Gita, I need to talk to you. Just have my period." Yeah. <laughs> you know? And That's then, crazy. and then, yeah. And then I've had other clients who have had back issues for years, and just within the first five minutes of the sound bath, their back issues completely gone. So what happens with a lot of these physical? Um, uh, maladies that happen is they're really just energy blockages. They're not things that need massive surgery. Once, because the sound can actually unblock the energy. That's why it, it's an energy force that can move other energy. So it will unblock the energy so the body comes into alignment. So healing of colds, just like even colds, or just um, people finding up to people finding their purpose. Also, people have told me they have been able to have telepathy with passed on loved ones that they have been wanting to know answers and having communication with. And they've told me very detailed descriptions of those events so there's a lot of times when because our bodies are so vibration so much vibrational energy a lot of my clients will explain an experience of actually leaving the body of sensory deprivation so you find you finally feel what that feels like just to be your energy without the muscles and the bones and the and the movement you know our bodies are rhythm melody and harmony we have a heartbeat everything wants to work in a musical melodic harmonious structure as music Music is math, music is life, music, you know, it's all, you know, correlated. So the sound just knows how to kind of reset all those yeah, things on those multi-dimensional levels. Yes, <laughs> and we all do. Sure. And so this, prov- and I have clients who come regularly, regularly just to have clearing because you can be as healed as you, you can be totally healed as a human in this world, an ascendant soul, somebody who's just here to raise consciousness, but we still get this bombardment of life. And we also hear a lot of digital sound. So digital sound is, is, just binary code basically interpolated by the brain. It can be very stressful for the brain and the body. So this experience that, that we're having, you and you know, Lana and Joe Jamie are having today is purely analog. So, so it also kind of clears the auditory system and re- realigns the perception of sound. So I don't know if you noticed after the sound bath, you could, everything, everything. was more crisp and clear. Really, yes. really. And then, so if someone, because people are going to hear this and want to do this, if someone wanted to come to you and do this, is it so they just make an appointment and it's like going oh, yeah. in for a therapy session or yeah. anything, right? And, and I and I make it, I, I have a lovely assistant, but I make an appointment to do my own scheduling and speak. If somebody wants to email and talk to me about it, you know, I will, I will engage them one-on-one myself you know and then we just people just schedule and they come and the first session is usually about two hours we do I do an intake and you know really get an assessment of what's going on and then they have about 60 to 70 minutes of the sound bath and then five to 15 minutes of rest time and and so that's for the sound bath yeah so I know that so where can people find you on uh, the internet um, well I'm www.gitanavatni.com and then I also have I'm 
on Facebook, Geeta Navani, Instagram, Geeta Navani. Um, and you can also see my list of events. I will, I do public events um, every once in a while. I mean, I, ju I just did a sound bath for dogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I've taken, I'm trying to take it into all wrong. I believe, you Were they you howling know, with you? No, they were completely relaxed. And, and I mean, when I adopted my little rescue dog that you met earlier, um, I thought, what am I, I, you know, I'm getting this animal and I, you know, it's basically for my daughter. And, but yet he's taught me many lessons of life on really how to be kind of a, a leader and an alpha too, you know, but, but also that I would just play the sound or he'd be in here with my clients. And it, I was just amazed at how dogs and animals are so much vibrational energy that, that their acute hearing actually trans, they transcend the hearing, I think just to feel. So all of these dogs were, were very relaxed and very just in no, no, not one bark, not one howl. So, um, isn't that interesting? So, I took my cat once to have acupuncture. Yeah, no, that's incredibly great. interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have all, we'll have all of Gita's information in our show notes, but we have, one final question okay. I wanted to ask you because, you know, you're helping everybody else and we're curious if you've had a dream or desire that you've put out in the universe recently or whatever that you've manifested and what was your process of that? Um, it's really interesting because I, I, before when I was an opera singer, I felt like I set my goals, you know, like I want to perform at the Met, I want to perform here, I want to perform there and then I would kind of set the goals and move towards it in a linear way. But since I've gone on this path, I just kind of feel like I'm just open. And then I just get things in my mind. Like, like I thought, all of a sudden UCLA popped in my mind. And I thought, okay, it would be really great to somehow be aligned with UCLA, but I don't know how this is going to happen. This was several years ago. And then somebody introduced me to Deepak Chopra's assistant. And I thought, oh, Deepak Chopra, okay. But I never actively pursued these things. They were just kind of these things that came into my mind. And then just this last year, I worked with Deepak Chopra. This year, I got to present my sound bath and my singing workshop at UCLA for three separate conferences, one on sound healing, one on interpersonal neurobiology conference, and a, a, a conference on psychedelic, healing through psychedelics, actually. So I go into all realms of the healing modalities. So it just seems like I kind of get a thought, and then it just kind of like happen. I mean, I'm always willing it. And obviously, I'm an entrepreneur also. So I mean, I know, but it just seems like there's things that, that are supposed to happen that are coming. And I think my next dream is actually working with people at end of life. I have a great desire to, well, I'm a humanitarian at heart, so I have a great desire to um, get a little emotional when I talk about this, that, that every human should be allowed a dignified death. And we are lacking that in our society. And I think that that's kind of, you know, and, and death doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's, it can, it's, it's, it's a release, it's a rest, it's, a, it's just a transition. And that is kind of what I'm manifesting now. And I'm working with a wonderful woman who's a palliative care doctor at Cedar sinai And we're just trying to figure out how to set up integration with all of this. And well, we will yeah. be very <laughs> excited to follow your yeah, journey. Interested. Well, we, yeah, interested. Maybe we can get you back again and you can tell us about that because that. that is a, I mean, that whole subject is is so big and yes. so important. And as we're all, there's so many of us getting older and so many of us are going to be... Or helping our parents transition yeah. at this point, yeah. and we're and we're so many of us are experiencing Alzheimer's in our families and these things that are so debilitating and horrible. And we all tend to say, "Oh, my mother or my my aunt would never want to live that way," 
but then there's you know then there's not a lot we can do about it so it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves and i bet you evolve with it that's beautiful and and ladies we did some videotaping of this so we are going to be able to share this beautiful experience with you on youtube so make sure to check at ladies roadmap youtube gita Thank you so much. This has been a Thank you both. It's been such a treat for me. (laughs) It's really, really been beautiful. Thank you so much. And we will, if you will allow us, come back and see you. Oh, I would love that. Would you like to hear about our recommended product of the week? Sure you would. So come on over to ladiesroadmap.com and sign up for our newsletter. It's not to be missed. You'll get our current happenings on Ladies Roadmap and Ladies Roadmap Journal. Don't forget to sign up. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler, at litloops.com. 